0: Hey there, Debs here, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Movies with Debs, which is dedicated to discussing movies that matter. So what better way to kick things off than with the South Korean film Parasite? After its four major Oscar wins, including becoming the first non-English language film to win Best Picture, Parasite is the one movie that everybody is talking about. Written and directed by Bong Joon-ho, a veteran Korean filmmaker whose representative works include The Host, Snowpiercer, and Okja, Parasite officially stepped into the global spotlight after winning the prestigious Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival last May. Since then, this movie has reached a level of universal acclaim that most international filmmakers can only dream of. It has not only crushed award season, racking up prize after prize at major ceremonies like the BAFTAs and Golden Globes, but it has also been killing it at the box office. Parasite has achieved the much-envied feat of being a critical darling and a huge commercial success. In fact, when it premiered in the U.S. last year, it had the highest opening per theater average of the year, beating the opening average of major releases like The Avengers Endgame. And at the time of this recording, Parasite is now the fourth highest grossing foreign language film of all time in the U.S. Overall, it has hauled in more than $200 million worldwide. Not shabby at all for a movie that was made on a $10 million budget. So Parasite is truly a universal hit because everyone, regardless of where they're from and whether they're a critic or a moviegoer, has absolutely fallen for this film. And what's remarkable is that this movie, it wasn't made in Hollywood. And usually it's Hollywood-produced films that dominate global pop culture and the surrounding conversations. So what exactly is this surprising breakout movie about? Well, it's actually kind of hard to describe the kind of film this is, because it refuses to belong to any one genre. And actually, the director, Bong Joon-ho, is famous for creating genre-bending content. But if I had to force a description, Parasite is a sociopolitical thriller that meets dark comedy. And it tells the story of a poor family, the Kims, who are con artists that hustle their way into a rich family, the Parks. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, I'm not going to give you any more details because it's one of those films that's best to go into cold. So if you haven't seen Parasite, steer clear of those spoilers, pause this episode, and come back after you've seen the movie. So why is Parasite so popular? Many people think the reason is because it focuses on the timely theme of social inequality, specifically from a wealth disparity perspective. But honestly. I don't think it's that simple, because many other movies also focus on this theme, like Joker, Knives Out, and Hustlers, all of which, by the way, came out around the same time as Parasite. But obviously, Parasite has been able to stand out. And I think it's because it breaks away from plot conventions typical in class-related films, which makes the movie much more interesting and its social commentary much more powerful. For example, let's take a look at how Parasite tackles class dynamics. Usually, movies like to divide their characters into two clear-cut categories. You have the rich and the poor, the high and the low, and then they focus on the conflict that happens between these two classes. But in Parasite, while the movie does focus on that inter-class tension, it also focuses on intra-class tension or the conflict that happens within the same class of society or in this case the same low class of society so you actually get to see the poor versus the poor and the low versus the low but as the movie progresses you begin to realize that wait there's actually a nuance here of poor versus poorer low versus lower and suddenly This movie is no longer your typical two-class upstairs versus downstairs setup. It's now, quite literally, an upstairs, downstairs, and basement drama. This three-class setup makes the movie's commentary much more interesting because now, it's not simply reiterating the trite message that social mobility is difficult because no one can move up. Instead, it's also saying that social mobility it can actually be quite easy, but only when it's about sliding down. One misstep and suddenly you're further down the totem pole than you were before and there's no hope of getting back to even your initial position. Another example of how Parasite breaks with convention is that it refuses to designate the role of saint or villain to any particular class or character. Usually in other films, the high class, they're the heartless bad guys, And the low class, they're the good guys. But as director Bong himself describes, Parasite is a tragedy without villains. No one is a bad guy. Because everyone is the unfortunate victim of a system. Capitalism. Capitalism is the one responsible for creating the social structures and tensions that push the characters over the edge. So in some ways, you could even argue that the true parasite in the movie is capitalism. Capitalism is what sucks the humanity, morals, and in some cases, the life, right out of our characters, the hosts. Parasite is probably one of the few class-related films that makes a strong point about the unseen forces that contribute to the issue of social inequality. And it places the blame squarely on a system rather than individual people. Because it was never truly any one person's fault, but rather a system that has created this tragedy. So I think Parasite is popular, not solely because it examines a social issue relevant to everyone today. After all, many other movies also tackle that same topic but it's how Parasite approaches the topic and tells its story that separates it from the pack. Its new take on your typical class conflict movie not only makes it wildly entertaining to watch, but also unforgettable. Because unlike other films that try to simplify and keep things black and white, Parasite fully embraces the complexity of social inequality. It uses original storytelling, provocative symbols and metaphors beyond just Parasite's to fully illustrate all the different moving parts and pieces of a very complicated issue, thus providing viewers with many things to think on long after the credits have stopped rolling. So I wanna switch gears a bit and talk about how this movie was made, because man, if you thought the movie's story and commentary was already pretty impressive, wait until you hear about how they actually made this film. First production design. Did you know that the gorgeous house of the wealthy parks is not actually a house? Yeah, that was a set built specifically for this film, and there was a lot of thought put into its architecture because for a normal house, the main consideration is the inhabitants' comfort and what layout makes sense for a place that's going to be lived in. But for a movie set, the main consideration is blocking and whether the camera can get all the shots it needs. So actually, if you were to visit this house, you'd probably find it looking rather strange and not a place you'd want to live in. But the fact that it looks so beautiful and real on screen is a testament to the team's genius and mastery of production design. Also, that house in some ways becomes its own character in the film. The production team actually worked closely with the director and screenwriter to design the house such that it would be another layer of symbolism to the film. For example, they purposely created many stairs throughout the property, invoking images of climbing or sliding down social ladders. And the huge living room window? That was intentionally made to look like a huge movie screen, as if we're watching this tragedy unfold from a distance through a movie screen. Other locations in the film that were also actually sets include the Kim semi basement apartment in the neighborhood they live in. Those are actually built inside a huge water tank for purposes that are obvious if you've seen the film. Another interesting aspect around how the film was created is its editing. What struck me and many of my friends after watching Parasite is how the pacing of everything felt just right. Nothing was too slow and nothing was too fast. And that in large part has to do with the editing of the film. And what's interesting is that the director, Bong Joon-ho, actually storyboards his entire screenplay in great detail before filming so that he only shoots what's necessary, which makes both filming and editing quite efficient. So prior to shooting Parasite, Bong worked with his editor, Yang Jin-mo, to figure out what the rhythm and pacing for each scene would be in order to set the right atmosphere and build up tension. And once they figured everything out and finalized the storyboard, Bong shot the film, and Yang edited it. One fun fact is that this movie apparently includes fewer individual shots than the average feature film. It has 960 compared to your average of about 1,300. And it's because in Parasite, there were other camera movements like panning that artfully transitioned one scene to the next. If you couldn't tell already, I'm a pretty big fan of Parasite, so I'm thrilled to see how successful it has been. But I'm also particularly excited about what their success means for the future of cinema. When Bong Joon-ho accepted the award for Best Foreign Language Film at the Golden Globes, he said, Once you overcome the one-inch-tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. I hope that Parasite's success will open the door for more international films to go mainstream and that voices from different countries would be heard, respected, and celebrated. That's why I was so excited about Parasite's Oscar Best Picture win because it shows that good cinema, it can truly come from anywhere. And one of the most established and revered institutions for film, Hollywood, has finally not only acknowledged but also fully embraced that truth after 92 years. Parasite is the first non-English language film to take home the top prize at the Oscars in the Academy's 92-year history. And it's actually kind of ironic how the U.S., which has a reputation for being a trendsetter in entertainment, has been one of the last countries to publicly acknowledge how trendy Korean entertainment is. As someone who has followed Korean entertainment for over 10 years now and even briefly worked in the industry, I've seen how Korean content has not only dominated all of Asia, but also built up a huge passionate following outside the Eastern Hemisphere, particularly in Latin America, Europe, and even parts of the Middle East. So many Korean television dramas are exported to those countries for crazy high licensing fees, and KCON, which is a convention for all things Korean pop culture, has taken place all over the world, in countries like the United Arab Emirates, Japan, Australia, and France, drawing in thousands of fans at each location. In fact, so popular is Korean content that a Chinese journalist coined a now widely used term to describe it. Han liu, or in Korean, Halu, or literally translated into English, the Korean wave. Because yes, Korean entertainment has swept over the world like a tsunami wave. Maybe that's why when Bong was asked during award season if he wanted an Oscar and if he was nervous about all the hype around potentially winning one, he kind of just shrugged off the questions and said, well, the Oscars, they're a local ceremony, so not going to stress about it. That comment was widely seen as throwing some subtle shade at the Oscars But it's true, Hollywood, and the rest of the American entertainment industry for that matter, really exists in a bubble. But with Parasite's wins, it's as if American entertainment is finally slowly opening up and using its respected reputation and influence to support and drive attention to more diverse works. But interestingly though, there are quite a few American shows and movies that are actually remakes or spinoffs of popular Korean content, but that fact, for some reason, has largely gone unadvertised or noticed. For example, did you know that Fox's popular show The Masked Singer is actually a remake of a popular Korean variety show of the same name? Or that ABC's The Good Doctor is both a remake and a spinoff of a wildly popular 2013 Korean drama of the same name? Or that Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves' movie, The Lake House, is actually a remake of a classic Korean movie, Ilmar? There's a whole list of existing and upcoming movies and shows that are actually all based on Korean source material, including an upcoming HBO limited series that will be an English adaptation of Parasite. So I'm glad that Parasite and its original Korean team has been recognized and heavily celebrated for their outstanding work. And I hope that this recognition signals that maybe change is finally coming to a historically self-centric Hollywood. I forget which media outlet it was, but one of the headlines I saw after the Oscars was, Oscars recap, Parasite won best picture, and that's all that matters. And I totally agree. Because there's something mind-blowing, but also promising, about how Hollywood voted for someone who was completely not Hollywood to take home the most prestigious prize they could hand out. Hopefully this isn't a one-time thing, but the start of a lasting pattern. Because great cinema, it can truly come from anyone, anywhere. We just have to keep our eyes and mind wide open to see it. So thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Movies with Debs, where we talked about Parasite, the reasons for its popularity, and why it's significant. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe so that you can get notifications for future episodes. And if you'd like to share with me your thoughts on Parasite or suggestions for movies I should watch, you can always find me on Twitter with the handle at Debs underscore speaking. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed it.